0: Before we begin, let's hear back from someone you might recognize from the Imaginable Workplace podcast episode on embracing a diverse team.
1: Hello, everybody. My name is Yanni Hornelia. I am Canva Philippines country manager and I joined Canva in 2015, so that means I turned seven years old this year with Canva. Joining Canva, Um, in the beginning was a shock to me, but in a good way, because I joined it at the time when it was fairly new. The environment was very startup in a way that things were so agile and people really wore multiple hats. The early days of Canva really felt like, do you have the skill? Do you have the persistence? Are you willing to do it? If the answer is yes to all three, then you almost certainly always landed a new project or goal every month or even every week. So no two days were the same, but also it was a very close-knit team, perhaps because it was still very small, right? So you know everybody, the founders had really built a culture that's so approachable um, and very, I would say, people-centric. So between the hustle of hard work, there's also a lot of people relationship building happening. So that made it really enjoyable for me and a lot of the people in Canva.
0: From starting with just eight employees in 2014, Canva Philippines has grown to having close to 800 in 2022. Is it possible to still keep the same positive environment with that scale of growth? Stick around to find out.
2: Welcome to The Imaginable Workplace, where we explore how to make work better. I'm Carl Javier, CEO of Poma Podcast an award-winning production company that aims to spread the joy, power, and value there is in listening.
0: And I'm Jen Horn, a certified transformational coach and culture practice lead at Haraya Coaching. Rooted in wholeness, Haraya supports individuals and teams by creating safe spaces for transformation.
2: In this episode, let's examine psychological safety, which is a pillar for effective teams. We'll try to discover how we can cultivate it in our own spaces. So I want to start off with an experience many of us had when we were in school, which is the teacher asks the class, May mga tanong ba? And then walang magsasalita kahit na hindi nyo intindihan yung pinag-uusapan ng teacher. (laughs) No one talks because they don't want their classmates to judge them for not knowing what happened.
0: Yeah, even as a teacher, parang you get the sense na hindi nila fully nagigits, pero tahimik nga lang sila, di ba? And even if you insist, diba, that there is no stupid question, and the only bad questions are the ones that are unasked, deba. May hiya parin tayong nararamdaman sa students natin, and uh, that they might be perceived as silly dumb, or baka on a converse side, bakal pabida, or sips sips sa teacher, something like this, no. And yeah, that's related to our topic today.
2: And so, if we move that from a classroom setting to a professional setting. We have a study from Google called Project Aristotle.
0: So, with Project Aristotle, Google wanted to learn the secret to successful teams. So, ang nila they conducted a study of 180 Google teams to try and find out kung may mga patterns that help predict what makes uh, an effective or successful team. And so Carl, you might think that to have a successful team, kailangan mo individuals in that team that are highly educated, highly skilled, and perhaps that the team has a lot of resources to make their ideas happen. Pero ang nahanap nila sa si research is that more than who is on the team, what matters more is how the teams actually work together. So, dun sa dulo ng kanilang research, they found that psychological safety was by far the most important pillar for an effective team. And so maybe while other behaviors katulad ng ng clear goals or holding each other accountable were really important, unless the team members felt psychologically safe, those other behaviors were not enough to really make an effective team.
2: So very interesting that we always overvalue skills or competence or ability to deliver so, psychological safety is defined as a belief that one will not be punished or humiliated for speaking up with ideas, questions, concerns, or mistakes, and that the team is safe for interpersonal risk taking. So, dun sa example natin ng classroom, if the teacher asks, "Memang tanong ba? If it feels psychologically safe, then students will not be shy about asking, "What does this mean?" or Hindi ko yata naintindihan tong part na to At hindi sila natatatakot na either papahayain sila ng teacher Or their classmates will think less of them And so when we transport that to the workplace Ganon din yung behavior na pwede tayo magpasahan ng questions and ideas Without feeling like we're being judged
0: And so, this term, psychological safety, has been around for a while. And it was first coined by psychologist William Kahn in 1990. Pero it's become more popular uh, through the work of um, Amy Edmondson, who's really helped us to understand more about the impacts of psychological safety on team performance and business success. And so... Kayo ba, Carl? In the context of a company that thrives on ideas, creativity, and new ways of telling stories, 'di ba? How is this concept of psychological safety and that phrase, no, the interpersonal risk-taking, how's that resonating with you?
2: So, up front, major ang intense ng salitang interpersonal risk-taking and it feels like it's such an escalation of things, pero sa totoo lang, when you share ideas, you're actually taking a risk on what people will think of you. So every time that you talk to someone, medyotin natayamo yung reputation mo. And if you have a lot of anxiety in your mind like I do, you're always thinking, what did they think of the thing that I said? And then you kind of don't know where to take it. But if your company feels safe, then you know that you can propose something, you can bring something forward and even if it's bad you can still run with it because it's something to build on
0: something that you also mentioned to me before is like even in the context of your like writing classes like you have to put the bad drafts out to have the excellent work in the end with psychological safety mas nangingibabaw yung desire for learning than the desire to save face
2: Now, let's think about what this would look like in a Philippine context. So remember, in episode one, we talked to Denise and she was sharing her experience of her workplace where you always had to defer to the senior people in the company. And an insightful thing that we learned by talking to Dr. Joy Calieja, Executive Director of the Ateneo Center for Organization, Research, and Development, is that the Philippines is a high-power distance society. So let's learn what that means.
3: In high-power distance cultures, there really is an expectation and also acceptance no, from the less powerful members. Power is really not equal. No? So there's an unequal distribution of power. And therefore, no, you just accept no, what you're told to do. There's no need for justification. No? no. Why do I need to follow, etc.? You just follow. No? So there's re- really that very, very strong deference to authority. I must matanda siya sa akin. No? So I need to show respect. I don't show that I disagree to this person, etc. Unlike in a low power distance culture, where power, status, they don't really go together and the norm... And the systems emphasize equality.
0: Power distance is one of the cultural dimensions studied by Dutch social psychologist Gert Hofstede. So according to his power distance index, the Philippines scores 94 over 100, meaning we exhibit a really high power distance.
3: Some would say we have this culture of silence in the Philippines. We will not confront, express dissent, share ideas that seem counter to what is being shared by our supervisors, our leaders. Part of our norm no, is to really save face, right? So we wouldn't want to do things that will cause people to lose face. Mm-hmm. So, see si Edmondson, no, and in recent researches also, there was one that was published in the Frontiers in Psychology, done by a group of Korean academics, no, and in that research, no, they were able to provide support to the claims of Edmondson that psychological safety is actually an engine of performance, no, it's not the fuel of performance enables, okay, it enables certain team dynamics that then leads the team, no, or the group to perform better. And what are these two things that psychological safety, what does it enable? One would be learning behaviors within the team. Kasi nga, if, you know, you're free to share ideas, ask questions, share failures, no, <laughs> so you learn in that process and the members of the team learn with you. And then, The other one would be team efficacy. That sense, that feeling of the team that, ah, we can do this task, we can achieve our. Our objectives, no? Kasi nga, you you hear people and their thoughts, their ideas, and you sort of think na ah okay, there are good things happening here. No, we we have the capacity, we have the competence, no, to address whatever task is in front of us, no. Rather than people just being quiet, and then you're all confused and you're all you know unsure, no, of whether you're doing the right thing or not. And therefore, no. And I'm sure some of you have been in those kinds of teams, diba? Na talagang oh, pag ka may idea ka, just throw it in. Bakayun na pala yung solution that we are looking for.
2: Thanks to Dr. Joy and her explanation of psychological safety. And what it feels to me is almost like improv, like this idea that you open up this space and then it's a yes and. And people are building on top of each other's ideas and concepts. I like to think that we try to do this. But to be honest, it's very hard to do it online. So in person kasi, mapapansin mo kasi kung sino hindi salita. Pero in online meeting settings, some people can just stay quiet. And then yung mga madaldal, like me, kami yung dadaldal nang dadaldal. And so the power balance shifts because of online limitations.
0: I think the online setting if you design it right can actually give more opportunities to those who are normally introverted no to share like even through chat box features or like yuma virtual whiteboard depending on how you facilitate that can influence whether there is psychological safety in either the virtual or the in person places
2: I think that we have to be mindful about the people on our team and how they best communicate and so I do a lot of thinking about this. But again, like, like improv, I do a lot of thinking about jokes. As a hypothetical, and rather than us dealing with real things, I asked, what if there was a joke factor? And so that's all that this factory does is it manufactures jokes. How would psychological safety make a joke factory look?
3: If it's an environment that is not psychologically safe, the boss comes up with jokes this way. Okay? And so you all follow this template for making jokes or for coming up with jokes. And whenever you would contribute no a new idea, a new way of doing it, the boss will tell you, no, that that will not work. People will not laugh at that, no. Worse pa, sabihan ka, walang culture fit, walang organization fit, no? So, ay, alis agad to, mga 3 months lang. So, yung mga ganong thoughts agad, di ba? And therefore, no, if you're familiar with the organizational life cycle, right? Mamamatay na agad yung organization mo because you you're not able to adapt, no? And produce new things in this kind of organization. In a psychologically safe environment, no? So whatever goes, you might even have a big board there, deba, where you just you know contribute ideas. And if let's say people say, oh yeah, that might work, or let's just release it, then let's see, no, what will happen, no? So yun, ang daming bago, deba? People will you know freely share any ideas, new ideas, no template whatsoever, no. But there are still standards, no? There are still um, ways of checking whether what you're contributing. Um, is working or not it's not just a ceo no that will sort of uh, provide feedback no um suggestions recommendations dun sa joke na yon there is probably already a mechanism no for greater feedback on that on that output so i think that's the point there no you will be heard it that will be considered um, new ideas are valued
0: And now, a word from our partner. Earlier, Yanni talked about the environment that Canva founders fostered among the Philippine team when they started out. Now, let's find out how Canva has earned two recognitions from Great
1: Places to Work Philippines, even as the company has grown. While things have changed in terms of operations, I'd like to think that we were able to keep what makes Canva Canva. To its core, and that's really down to being really clear with what the Canva values are. The values are more than posters on the wall, stickers on a notebook. So there are a lot of um, ways that we're conscious in making sure that these are felt. Diversity and inclusion is everyone's goal at Canva. We have a hub; it's a virtual place where people can go and see all their initiatives for DNI. A lot of it is also awareness and education. And just continuing to have champions within the org to keep talking about them, keep making decisions inclusive. Another way Canva builds culture is celebrating wins as a team. You see a lot of people really going above and beyond to achieve their goals. So we want to make sure as well, with every great goal comes a great celebration. After a whole team hustles to achieve something, we take a moment to breathe and celebrate each other's progress and the company's progress as well.
0: And it's in creating a safe space for their canva knots to grow that has given them the head start in fulfilling their mission to
1: empower the world to design. I hope companies really see the value in investing in people and for the long term. Like it's not just necessarily free meals or making it a nice office, but the experience holistically. What I've learned in Canva in the last seven years is, you know, you can put all the shiny things in front, but... Underneath it all, people are looking for people who genuinely care for their well being. People are always looking for growth and areas for opportunities for them to develop their craft and their skills. Our founder, Melanie Perkins, one of the things she always tells us is we're always only 1% there. We've unlocked so many things, but the more you unlock, the more possibilities you also open yourself up to.
0: This year, Canva is celebrating their eighth year in the Philippines proud to report that their commitment to their mission and values is only strengthened by their growing team. Learn more about Canva and unlock more possibilities at www.canva.com. And now, back to the episode. So we want our companies to be like this joke factory that's psychologically safe. But Given that uh, we operate in a traditionally high power distance society, we ask Dr. Joy how this is possible for more hierarchical organizations.
3: Even if there's that tendency of people not to just follow uh yung deference to authority, but if the authority, siya yung mag-change nung norm within the team, so people will still follow but what they are following is the good thing. So it really has to come eh, from the leader at this point ha in our studies about preferred Filipino leaders effective crisis leadership during the pandemic yung lagi yung mga lumalabas no compassion care compassion care malasakit etc kasi we want leaders nga that are not just competent ba? but person oriented also you mean kind caring diba if you train if you develop you know leaders that knows how to express genuine concern and malasakit, then people nga will be able to, you know, share thoughts, ideas, questions.
0: So Carl, given all of this, you know, conversation around psychological safety, ano bang share mo tungkol sa journey nyo sa Puma Podcast with Psych Safety?
2: So I don't think naman na we sat down and we said, okay, guys, let's build a psychologically safe (laughs) workplace. The founder team was used to being in a newsroom with each other. Sanayin na magbabatuhan. And in a newsroom or in like editorial meetings, there's no seniority. It's the person who's been reporting the story has more insight. And editors have ways of guiding the story, but they nila not information. So it was pretty natural for us to be able to differ. There's nung ego involved. I've always tried to practice intellectual humility. I have the privilege of working with very, very smart people. And so the best thing you can do as a manager is to sort of set things up and then get out of the way so that they can do their smart things. Part of that naman is sort of accepting that it's not me that has all the answers. And one of the things I like to do is let me ask the stupid question mm-hmm. or let me find the dumbest possible example to this thing. Then let's start from there because it can only get smarter. But if I'm willing to go that far out, then it's okay. I'm not worried about saving face. And then because I also have an arts background, I like failed artistic experiments. Okay, let's do something weird. I really want to reward weird things. These are the things that we intuitively came to because of our backgrounds. But I guess my question then is, what are the factors to consider if you are intentionally building a team that is psychologically safe?
0: First of all, I really love that phrase that you use, yung intellectual humility. And I think that sobra important na mino model masha mo as a leader and it's one thing to model that behavior deba, and another to really create the environment for others to be able to feel like they can do the same so we need to speak more on cultivating that atmosphere of trust and safety in conversations with our team let's listen to our next
4: guest my name is uh, Cecilia Schreiber I am one of the managing partners of Araya Coaching and one of the certified coaches there. I also manage our business unit and partnership with Coach Masters Academy. So I'm the director of training for coach certification for us there.
0: Coach Masters Academy is an international coach training body accredited by the International Coach Federation. It's a trusted name in setting the standards for coaching. And Cecilia is also an ICF, Master Certified Coach, which just means that she's logged over 2,500 hours of coaching in her 10-year career as a coach so far. And it's actually with Cecilia that I had my first experience as a coachee back in 2018. And I can say that she definitely made me feel safe while also being vulnerable in that conversation.
4: I think a good resource to take a look at is Timothy Clark's work talks about four stages of psychological safety. First stage is inclusion safety. Are we genuinely inviting someone into our group, our organization, and our society? Do we allow them to feel and experience being included? And not just by the mere fact of their role, but also by the sort of informal type of inclusion, socially, emotionally included into the org. The second stage is learner safety. This is when people start to feel like they can have the opportunity to learn, to ask questions, to make mistakes without being ridiculed or dismissed. Uh, So there's this opportunity to grow. Third stage, contributor safety. Now that I feel included and safe and I've learned and I'm feeling safe to learn, I am now bringing my whole self and contribute as a full member of the team. And then the fourth stage is challenger safety. Do I feel a sense of safety where I can actually challenge the status quo without having negative consequence or damage to my personal standing within the group? So Timothy Clark is a coach
0: to CEOs and executives around the world. And he's also the author of the book, The Four Stages of Psychological Safety. So... Sabing said that uh, there's a natural progression across these four stages based on a combination of respect and permission. And according to him, to respect someone is to value and appreciate the person and their contribution, while to give permission refers to the degree to which we allow them to influence us or be part of what we're doing. That's the environment that he was largely talking about, creating an environment that increases inclusion and innovation.
2: It doesn't magically happen. You have to build these steps in. And so we learned from Cecilia how managers take a coaching mindset.
4: The premise of that mindset is that you come with an open and curious mind. That's one. The other premise of that mindset is that we believe that people have innate wisdom, creativity and resourcefulness that is sitting right in front of us. Right. And so our approach as a coach is to draw that out right, and to co-create a way forward with our client to align what their intention is with their actions. And so if leaders adopt a more coach-like mindset in that sense, a person feels more willing to share. The other side of that, though, is once a person shares with us and voices themselves to us in a sense, their opinion, their ideas, their insight, their challenge even, how do I respond to that as a leader? Because a lot of how psychological safety from the research and the information that's out there is built is not only in the invitation of people to have a voice, but actually also in the way that we respond to them once they have voiced out. And that's sometimes even more important, right? Now that you may say that people can share their ideas, but do I immediately shoot them down? Do I judge them for it? (laughs) Am I not open (laughs) to listening to that, right? And as a coach, we come from a place of non-judgment, curiosity. Can I, as a leader, come from that place as well?
2: So earlier, we learned about high-power distance societies and how Dr. Joy told us how this affects one's leadership. And now we're learning that we need to model psychologically safe behavior for team members
4: when you are wanting to create these kind of teams that are open and honest and speak up and feel that kind of trust and safety in their environment, me as a leader, I need to be comfortable with those things as well. How comfortable am I with my own vulnerability <laughs> and being vulnerable How comfortable am I with owning up to my own mistakes and sharing my learnings with team members, right? Sometimes we have reactions when we're very emotional, for example, and whether we're conscious or not, that creates an impact. Am I aware of my impact when I'm under stress, when I am triggered, when I am driven by my insecurities? So there is also a lot of self-awareness that comes with that in order to actually become vulnerable courageous and hold as a leader the ability to foster an environment of psychological safety
2: some leaders think that if you keep allowing psychological safety maka compromise yung quality of the work because you're just saying it's okay to fail how do we think about creating psychologically safe spaces while still having effective teams
0: that's a misconception that has come up in a lot of our conversations or coaching sessions with leaders. Na parang it's a question of either, you know, you make them feel safe or you put out excellent work or that you hold them accountable. But it's not polar opposites and you can have safety and be pushed actually to
2: learn. So I think a good example of having safety and accountability is having constructive feedback like what Dr. Joy shared with us in the context of my favorite place on earth, the joke factory. So let's hear a little bit more from Dr. Joy.
3: You can say maybe, so I've read your joke. You know? So these parts, you know, this this seemed to be promising. <laughs> but then these areas, you know, you still need to maybe make it more i don't know explicit or (laughs) you make this more relevant uh, etc so whatever other area for improvement you start with what's good because there will always be something even a small thing that's good in someone's idea right even if it's just the thought or the action of trying but that's already positive It's in the way you say it. So even if what's retained is what's negative, if it's said in a constructive manner, an objective manner, it's okay.
2: That last bit from Dr. Joy lets us think about a specific interaction that builds psychological safety. But now let's turn to Cecilia to talk about sort of a larger approach to how to build psychological safety in the workplace.
4: Our team is actually called Balai Haraya, and Balai is the Visayan word for home. One, it means actual home for people to come together, join us in a physical virtual team as coaches, team members, and be at home in their role and in the work and the mission that we do. And the other is the ability to come home, to be themselves, to unwind, to show up with authenticity, to bring their whole self, their messiness, and still feel safe and belong to the group. It's one thing to say that. (laughs) It's another thing to actually create spaces where that happens. So we're very intentional in our meetings. As a leadership team of Araya, so the partners, we have a standard item on our agenda in our fortnightly that looks at how is the balai doing and what are the challenges that are surfacing is there something there that we need to take responsibility and accountability for as leaders so it's not let's say something gets a challenge or somebody makes a mistake or something didn't get surfaced what are we not doing that is not creating psychological safety for this team to bring that up So we brainstorm that, we think about that, we talk about that openly, we try and change our processes, our ways of working, our ways of being, how we show up as well. How do you intentionally have practices in your team that bring about a sense of safety for your team members? And are you noticing when that is not the case? And then what do you do?
2: There have been a lot of ideas and like concepts that we got to explore in this episode, so I'll talk through my three takeaways. So the first takeaway is that I've always felt or intuited that good relationships equals good work. But what I love from the people that we talk to and the studies we reference is that there is research that proves that people having good, cohesive psychological safety actually leads to better work. Point number two, I am really glad that I learned the term high power distance. Because before we were working on this episode, I know that I was aware of it, but I'd never had the language for it. Something for me to always think about is, are we creating these power distances? If we're not actively working to break down these distances, then we're actually making sure that they stay in place. So being intentional about addressing gaps and making sure that people feel safe even if they're coming from like a larger culture that will favor, you know, quote-unquote, power. My favorite thing here is that we can use humor to build psychological safety. Humor is one of these great tools that we can have, whether it's just to bridge a conversation or to show, like, we're not going to be so judgmental with someone. And it's not just, like, gagawa ka na jokes, but to have a healthy sense of being able to smile and laugh at yourself in not every single interaction has to be super serious.
0: Just as a final question for you, Carl, knowing what you know now, what do you feel more compelled to explore doing with your team?
2: We recently did an activity where we got a survey of where Puma podcast team feels in terms of their status, whether they're excluded, included, et cetera, et cetera. I thought that more people would have challenger safety, but they they don't. And so... That doesn't seem to me like a failure, but as a point for improvement for the team so that we can move them into that level of safety. What it shows me is like there may be ideas that we're missing or there may be voices that we need to amplify if not more people have that.
0: Thanks, Carl, for sharing. It's a daily practice. How are we really being more intentional? And I also hope that our listeners can begin to think about how they can apply greater psychological safety within their teams.
2: I'm Carl Javier.
0: And I'm Jen Horn. Thank you for listening to The Imaginable Workplace. This podcast is brought to you by Haraya Coaching, a company rooted in wholeness that supports individuals and teams by creating safe spaces for transformation. Visit harayacoaching.com to know more.
2: In partnership with Puma Podcast an award-winning podcast production company that aims to spread the joy, power, and value there is in listening. This episode was produced by Macy Hoven and edited by Mark Casilian.
0: We're sure that if you enjoyed this podcast, then you know somebody else who would also want to improve their workplace. So please share this with a friend. Together, let's create an imaginable workplace.